You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous. At this time, we ask that you turn off all cell phones. Unless, of course, you're using them to listen to this podcast, in which case, please keep it on. And please refrain from any flash photography, as it is dangerous to the performers of this podcast. Please be advised that this production may contain strobe effects, loud or sudden noises, nudity, and but probably not. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. simple. Step one, we Google the biggest flops on Broadway. Step two, we find the crazy stories behind them. Step three, we see how they lose millions of dollars. Millions? Broadway isn't cheap. A lot of fancy people want to be producers. Step four, find out why the show won't go on. Step five, end this episode and head to Times Square. Times Square? That'll never work. Only Broadway successes are in Times Square. (laughs) Oh, ye of little faith. That was nice, wasn't it? That's called dog hair. Because while I was grooming tonight, I took in a deep breath, and, so, and a big clump of hair was floating through the air, and it went straight down my gross, throat. Gross, gross. <laughs> so, what kind of dog really was it? Fun. Australian Shepherd. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. So it was a nice clump. Oh. <laughs> oh. Welcome. <laughs> What's up, theater geek? Hello. Oh, it's been a long time. It's been... Oh, We've, well, it's been a long... Oh, that was been a long day. Never mind. How to succeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Been a long, been a long, been a long, been a long time. <laughs> I, oh. I feel like we've been saying that a lot. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Listen, if I got... Oh, hello, sweet pea. <laughs> if I got a message from you on Facebook that said, I miss you, Pamela and Ebony. Yeah. I want to hear your voices. Then we would make more of an effort. <laughs> I'm going to blame you, studio audience. <laughs> oh, guys, we're, we're, no, we're we sorry. Are, listen, we're, life gets what away. It is. Yeah. We all know. We've all been there. Yeah. I'm going to speak for the audience at this point. And but say, we've not left get you. It. I totally get it, Ebony. Yeah. You guys are forgiven because we love you so much <laughs> that we're willing to wait. <laughs> but Thank we're back. You. And we're today back. we're going to record... A full episode and an intermission episode, yeah. so we'll have at least two weeks, and then hopefully we can get together again before the yeah. end of those two weeks. Yeah. But I think schedule-wise, we're clearing up slightly. Well, you're I'm heading into the craziest, right? <laughs> the most craziest time of this this year <laughs> is weird. 
It's yeah. weird. A lot's happening. Well, tell us when your show is opening again. Yeah, so the Women's Cycle will be on July Thursday, July 11th at 8 p.m., Friday, July 12th at 8 p.m., and Sunday, July 14th at 3 p.m. at the Cell Theater in Chelsea, New York. And again, it's two staged readings of new plays written and directed by women. Uh, the two women, which you heard on our Women's mm -hmm. Cycle a new show pop, um, episode. And uh, we have found a, a pastry chef named uh, Vanessa Sabalos, and she has a restaurant in Sunnyside, Queens called Firefly. So if you happen to live in Queens or you stop in <laughs> New York City and you want to check out a place that has really delicious food, go to Firefly in Sunnyside. Um, and then we're going to have an art installation by a painter named Michelle Struss, whose work has been seen all over the world in museums. Um, she's really incredible. Awesome. <laughs> she's really an incredible artist. <laughs> Do you know, after we recorded that episode and you yeah. had mentioned Firefly in the episode, yeah. I went to work and our receptionist was like, oh, there's this great restaurant in Sunnyside and I just, I love it so much. And I was like, where? And she goes, Firefly. Stop! <laughs> Not kidding. I love it's it. It's wonderful. It, yes, I love it when, though, when you're yeah. like, it's reconfirmed by a completely different sect of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it really is wonderful food and she's very talented and her backstory is really awesome. That's so. great. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, about the women's cycle, mm -hmm. go back, I think, three episodes to mm -hmm. the New Works yeah. series that we did. I think it was part two mm -hmm. um, where we talk with, is it Sarah Brown? Sarah Benjamin, Benjamin. and Maria Barada. I going to get that wrong. <laughs> Sarah Brown is from Guys and Dolls. <laughs> Oh, Sarah yes. Benjamin. Sarah Benjamin. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry, who was the other one? Maria Barada. Yes. Um, because I would have remembered that eventually. <laughs> um, oh, you guys, my brain, done. Uh, but uh, check that episode out because those women have a lot to say and are really fantastic to talk to yeah, and listen to. They're so, so smart. It, that's a good episode if you haven't listened to that one yet. And that will give you an idea of what. The, the women's, women's cycle, cycle the show that Ebony is producing is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Today, though, <laughs> we're talking about Bernadette the musical. I was going to, like, leave a little pause. Oh, I'm there. sorry. <laughs> I was going to leave I, a it's pause. It's not for even my episode, you guys. <laughs> I have nothing. I'm going to sit here and listen like the rest no, of you. But you have to talk, too. I want you to ask questions. I will. I want you to interject with cool sideline stories because that's what I do all the time. <laughs> I will. I feel like my episodes are so much shorter because you just kind of sit there and listen. And listen. I'm so like, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, by nature, I'm a listener. So it's like, I have to like really make an effort to like try to interject yeah. if I, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I'm the third out of four. So it's like, if you third wanted four, your third out of four children. So if you wanted oh, your voice yeah. to be heard, you had to just get yeah. in there. But also, like, you, the way sense. that you tell stories is super interesting. So I always want to kind of interject <laughs> and be like, oh, that sounds so cool. What happened then? You know what I mean? <laughs> but anyway, I think you will actually ask questions okay. about this one. I'm so excited. I well, forgot what it was about. So. <laughs> well, and you were starting to ask some questions while we were just sitting here. And I yeah. literally went, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to wait. You're going to wait for the episode because <laughs> we want all that, that gold. Yeah, in that there. That conversational gold. <laughs> 
So the episode we're doing today, as Ebony already Sorry. told you, <laughs> is Bernadette the Musical. Not to be confused with The Song of Bernadette, which is a brand new musical by Frank Wildhorn, or mm. Bernadette de Lourdes, which is another musical that was all written in French, so I couldn't understand any of the information. That is that her last name? Lourdes is a place in France. Uh, so she is oh, from Bernadette of Lourdes. Yes, but it's okay. in French. So I should have said it's Bernadette de Lourdes. <laughs> I don't know if you pronounce the S or not. So I'm not. Like Les Miserables. Exactly. Um, or uh, yet another version called Bernadette of Lourdes. Um, that I found that was written by Sarah Hart in 2011. Wow. Um, but the one that we're talking about is a musical that was written in 1990 Mm. and was described as, and I quote, one of the most bizarre and spectacular failures in London musical theater history. (laughs) (laughs) Now this, we are taking a slight departure and I did get permission from Ebony to do this. Normally what we talk about is only flops from Broadway, only Broadway scandals, only Broadway, you know, Broadway, Broadway, Broadway. Right. And we love Broadway. Yeah. This is, this is a show that only opened in London. Mm -hmm. It has never made its way, but it's such a good story. Yeah. And such a great kind of, kind of scandal, but just story that, we had to tell it because it's I think you guys are really going to dig it. And also because <laughs> Frank's doing one, which you just mentioned, yeah. Frank Wildhorn, and it'll be with Broadway people. Yes, there's like a connection there so that when you guys hear about yes. it, you know, if you're you're theater geeks and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> I'm sure you'll probably like want to know what that's going to be. And so there is a connection there, there so is. that you kind of have a backstory of. What what is Bernadette like? Right. What is it? Well, and uh, to be honest, it and we were talking about this yeah. just before hitting record. <laughs> there, it's one of those stories that I mean. There's a movie. There's an old black and white movie that I remember watching as a kid mm-hmm. and just kind of being bored out of my mind <laughs> because it's based on a real life uh, story. Mm-hmm. And I'll get to that. Okay. But suffice it to say. There's a lot of renditions of this particular story. So funny. And I'm just not so keen on really any of them. (laughs) It's like, but why? Exactly. Yeah. But that's just me. (laughs) Um, So at the end of that quote, it also says the show naively expected to pack out the Dominion was based on the story of Bernadette Subaru is how you pronounce it. I'm just going to say Subaru like the car. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> um, a young peasant girl who had visions of the Virgin Mary at Lourdes in 1858. Okay. That's basically the story. There was a young French girl, peasant, mm-hmm. Miller's daughter, I think, who saw an apparition who told her that she was the Virgin Mary and... She went back to tell the entire town nobody believed her, but then they did believe her, and then she was canonized for it. So, <laughs> so, so she, so this apparition told Bernadette that yes. Bernadette was the Virgin no, no, Mary. No, no. That oh. the apparition was, was the, the Virgin, Virgin Mary. Mary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I'll I'll flesh out that story slightly. The background of the actual story mm-hmm. is, uh, and this is all from Wikipedia. This little section here. Uh, Bernadette Subaru, born on January 7th, 1844, and died on April 16th, 1879. She was also known as Bernadette of Lourdes. 
Lordess, Lords, I don't know. I'm just going to say Lord from now on. Mm -hmm. uh, was the firstborn daughter of a miller from Lord in France and is best known for experiencing Marian apparitions or sighting of the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. um, in her apparition form, it was a young lady who asked for a chapel to be built at the nearby cave. These apparitions are said to have occurred between February 11th and July 16th of 1858, and the lady who appeared to Bernadette identified herself as the Immaculate Conception. Despite initial skepticism from some church authorities, Subaru's claims were eventually declared worthy of belief after a canonical, 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 it's such a weird word. Yeah, to it say. is. I knew I was going to say And we're not Catholic, no, so we, we don't not. know a canonical investigation um, and the Marian apparition became known as Our Lady of Lord. Since her death, Subaru's body has apparently remained internally incorrupt, but it is not without blemish. During her third exhumation in 1925, the firm of Pierre Iman made light wax coverings for her face and her hands due to the discoloration of her skin uh, after her body was cleansed. Listen, you exhume my body three times, I'm going to show a little wear and tear. Right. <laughs> three times. Yeah. Um, these masks that they made for her face and hands uh, were placed there before she was moved into her crystal reliquary in June of 1925. The Marian Shrine at Lord went on to become a major pilgrimage site, attracting over 5 million pilgrims of all denominations each year. That's pretty incredible, mm -hmm. actually. On the 8th of December of 1933, Pope Pius XI declared Subaru a saint of the Catholic Church. And her feast day, initially specified as the 18th of February, is now observed in most places on the date of her death, which is April 16th. Back to the musical. Mm -hmm. uh, so Robert Musell wrote an article for UPI. I have no idea what that means. Okay. I think it's some sort of a periodical in the UK, but right. I couldn't find if that was an anagram or if it was just the three letters. Okay. But this was written on May 11th, 1990, and I'm just going to read the entire thing. Okay. May 11th is, just so you know, before the show has opened. Okay. Okay. London. The story behind the musical Bernadette sounds like the plot of a musical itself. Two small-town teachers who used to write playlets with music as a learning tool for their pupils dreamed that one of their ideas was strong enough to be a hit on London's West End and or perhaps on Broadway. The idea was the story of Bernadette, the simple French country girl who said she had a vision of the Virgin Mary near Lord and the bitter controversy this caused for believers made it a place of pilgrimage for millions. They wrote words and music telling the entire story in song and dance, melodious and modern. And it was, it's very modern. It's very early 90s. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, according to those of her, I'm back into this, into, sorry. I keep, I, if I interject, <laughs> I'll tell you. That was okay. an interjection. Now I'm back. <laughs> um, uh, melodious and modern, according to those who have heard it. And then began the task of persuading producers in the faraway big city that a hit musical was waiting for them in the provincial Shrewsbury, 160 miles northwest of London. Show business, they learned as the rejections piled up, is not the protected environment of the classroom. But Maureen and Gwyn Hughes, that's the married couple that wrote this, mm -hmm. are not the average songwriting team either. For one thing, Maureen, who writes the lyrics and teaches drama, is a grandmother. Gwyn, I'm not kidding, that's how it's written. 
on your face. <laughs> I know. After I read this, I was like, I'm just going to read the whole thing. You can't copy and paste no. this sucker. No, no. <laughs> Gwyn, her younger, her younger second husband, <laughs> was a piano tuner with ambitions to compose and teach music. Maureen says in a quote here, we had a lot of hard knocks, but when they came, we had each other. So we kept on going. The thought of giving up, this is back to the, what Robert wrote, mm -hmm. the thought of giving up hardly entered their minds. Many parents had praised them for their work with children and the local education board had even sent them on a summer tour of American schools. On the advice of a theatrical agent to be more accessible, they sold their house and furniture, moved into rented rooms, and got jobs in a school on the fringe of the metropolis. In their spare time, they worked on the show. While taping a new song one day, using their students as a chorus, they overheard one of them say that her father wanted to sell his trucking firm and become a theatrical producer. I almost want to do voices. <laughs> it was my daughter. Said William Fonfay, <laughs> whose firm Willie Wheels or Willie's Wheels specialized in transporting film studio equipment. With a successful businessman aboard as producer, things began to happen. Fonfay had the tape of the score played to several thousand people involved in the show's production. Everybody likes it, but the West End producers, he said. We'll call it the People's Musical, and we'll ask the people to help back it. Not with their life savings, but as though they were having a flutter or a bet on a horse. Small angels is what he said. Mm -hmm. More than a one and a half million dollars or pounds poured. Oh, wait, this has a dollar sign. So I think it's dollars. Okay. Later on, it'll say pounds. Um, oh, no, I lost my place. Just a second. Okay. More than one and a half million dollars poured in from the public. Natalie Wright. This kills me. Natalie Wright. <laughs> One of the featured singers in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Aspects of Love left that show oh. to play Bernadette, a star at 16 years old. Her recording of the ballad, Who Are You, has just been released. Veteran TV figure Ernest Maxim signed on as director, and he says a smash hit was his not completely unbiased verdict. Bernadette opens June 20th at the 2,000-seat Dominion Theatre in London. This is not quite a miracle, but it doesn't happen every day either, is what Robert closes out with. She left a very successful show in the West End. And I guess, listen, I guess she got I understand to start, it. She got to, like, be the lead right. in a show. I mean... And you don't know if it's going to flop or not. Right, you have no idea. You don't. You don't. Ugh, it's so sad, though. Yeah. I mean, listen, she's not... I'm sure she's had a lot of success, so I'm not <laughs> sad for her. But it is kind of like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you can look back with, in hindsight. Yeah, 2020. <laughs> uh, all right, so... The husband and wife team who wrote this show were supported by the Daily Mirror. This is where we get oh, into the whole that people's musical. Oh, yeah, yeah. everyone does. That's yeah. the big newspaper in the UK, at yeah. least the one that we hear about in the States a lot. Yeah. Um, the Daily Mirror, who urged their readers to become angels and invest in this, the people's musical. Hundreds of readers contributed small sums, and a former chauffeur put up 500,000 pounds of his life savings, thus oh. raising, I know, raising the 1.25 million pounds needed, which I guess is one and a half million dollars. That's the, not a lot. It's not a lot. But if you consider that 
Because, like, the other shows we've talked about, I mean, even in the 90s, mm-hmm. it was at yeah, least about at five. Eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, five totally. or eight. So that's not a ton of money. It's not. I, I think, though, if you really consider that there's not a lot of overhead that they're creating, it's just the two of them. They've written everything. Right. You know, they're bringing in people that are fairly new or completely new Mm -hmm. to the theatrical world in itself. So there's, you know, I I can imagine that there's probably not a lot of cost beforehand. Right. And I'll talk about the set a little bit later. I think that someone, someone on a blog that I read, there's a cave. The cave is pretty important to the show because the cave is where the Virgin Mary said the shrine should be built. Um, (laughs) So the cave would be lowered down from the ceiling and someone that was writing, and I'm not kidding, it was a blog post on like Broadway World. It was like a forum. Um, (laughs) And that someone was like, hey, what's this musical called Bernadette about? What's this thing? And Mm -hmm. someone like, so I read down, I went down that rabbit hole Mm -hmm. and someone was like, you know, and they lowered the turd from the ceiling. Turd? Because of turd. It looked like a turd. It looked like a turd. A great big ginormous (laughs) turd. A giant well, you can With imagine. With a hole in it. Exactly. Oh, no. I know. So maybe not a lot was spent on that either. Oh, dear. <laughs> Excuse me. So... The opening night was cheered to the rafters by a house that was packed with hundreds of investors. But the critics were damning. 3,000 angels and not a prayer is what one said. Oh, no. Another said, pass the loaves and fishes. They need a miracle. Despite a blessing from the Pope, which they had before the opening, um, for the cast and the authors and the investors coming up with more money, the show came off after three weeks losing all of its investment. In a blog called From the Box Office, it was written that Bernadette at the Dominion Theater, which opened June 20th of 1990 and closed July 14th of 1990, was nicknamed the, mu- the People's Musical, and later, Bernadont. <laughs> this ill-fated musical was the brainchild of teacher and piano tuner Maureen and Gwyn Hughes from Shrewsbury, who had a vision of a West End hit. Sadly, Bernadette wasn't it. Instead, the vast Dominion Theater became a slightly echoey home to the tale of a young French girl who thought she had seen the Virgin Mary. Crowdfunding by Daily Mirror readers and even a blessing from Pope John Paul II couldn't fix Bernadette. Oh, man. (laughs) Described by one audience member as a lord of rubbish. (laughs) And by Sheridan Morley, who I believe was a critic. He said it was like watching a plate of liver. And I'm not surprised because I was talking to you about this before we recorded. Mm-hmm. It's not an interesting story. No. It's very bland. Yeah. She claims to see the Virgin Mary. Her town doesn't believe her. The church doesn't believe her. And then mm-hmm. they do. And now she's a saint. That's it's, it. It's like, so like Joan of Arc is much more right. enthralling. Well, she was a warrior. Right. And she, and she had a vision right. and like she pursues the calling that she feels that God exactly. has placed on her life. So that's very interesting. But it's like this girl saw the Virgin Mary and then what? Like right. she just told people. And all Virgin Mary wanted her to do was build a temple. Like that's it. Did, did she do it? Did I she build it, the it, temple? I think it was done. Okay. Yes. 
but it's, you know, like there's only so much that you can expound on this story. There's only right. so much artistic license you can take and, you know, without turning it into a completely different story. Right, right. So in that respect, okay, yeah, it might have been a snooze fest. Who knows? It sounds like it's funny because it, like as, when we were doing Spider-Man, it's mm-hmm. sort of the same situation where the backstory of how the thing got there yeah. is way more fascinating than the book Completely. of the musical. Completely. Yeah. Well, and a lot of people on that forum that I spoke about earlier kind mm-hmm. of said that, too. They were like, it's the Spider-Man from the 90s, <laughs> which... Yes and no, because obviously the reason why Spider-Man was in the forefront of everyone's mind was there were so many injuries leading up to opening night and opening night kept being pushed further and further. And who has a year full of previews, you know, that's not Um, this was not that this was simply there was the the, it was the strangest way anyone had ever. It's like starting a Kickstarter. Right. Right. For a Broadway musical. That's what they did. Except Mm -hmm. this was in the 90s and that was never heard of before. Who puts an ad into the Daily Mirror saying who wants to invest in our musical? Right. Right. And the fact that people then did and met the challenge head on. That's really neat. It is really neat. And by all accounts, this musical was successful in that it had an uh, a full house every night but the critics panned it so much yeah. that they ended up creating it to be a limited run okay from what i understand okay there's not a lot of like detailed information about the show itself like the actual like obviously we've got when it opened when it closed right but like as far as like ticket numbers and and anything like that it doesn't you can't really find it okay there are websites that we've got for broadway shows Mm -hmm. with that information right there's not a lot i also had trouble finding reviews i you know really? i was trying to find written reviews yeah but i i guess i couldn't word it correctly within google because there's so many freaking bernadettes exactly well so google's big, confused yeah very much so because <laughs> i was trying to find music from it too and i yeah. did end up finding a couple of songs um on youtube so and you guys can listen to them too it's all it's not very good yeah you know it's it's just not and there's a lot of kind of, um, how do I word this without using the word I'm thinking of right now, which is a gross word and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. It's all very, oh, I'm going to use it. Masturbatory. Like, what do you mean? Like the root word of that being masturbate. Right. It's all very like, I want to just chew on this scenery and I want to drain every ounce of feeling from this song. And it becomes something where every word has to mean something before you can get through the song. And that's just not, that doesn't need to be the case. Right, right. Ever. Right. When you're telling a story, I don't have to put emphasis on every word. Do they have no like, no dramaturg who I mean because I can understand mm-hmm. like it's your first time writing a musical right. you need to have some sort of mentor to yeah. kind of guide you and help I think you along so too. the way and, and it doesn't seem like anyone on the team had no much if any experience I think what they with had the theater. were people that they knew that were so supportive of them yeah. that there wasn't any checks and balance. There wasn't any editing process. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, you know, a, a publisher or an editor that could be like, okay, listen, there's only so many times you can use this phraseology. There's only so many times, you know, there's, there's only so many times that you want to hear the same 
slow ballady type song yeah. that means the same thing. And and you're right. I think that they didn't have someone like that. Yeah. I don't think they had any kind of a, an editing process or right. an editor or anybody that could really look at it from a third uh, a third point advantage or third person advantage and and say this is how you can make it better. This is what's making it worse. And I I don't know if things work in England the way they work here, right? Mm. Where you'll write something and then you try it out in mm -hmm. another state or off-Broadway for right. a while before it comes to Broadway. Well, and even before you get to the preview process or the out-of-town yeah. process, you know, you've probably got three rewrites at least. Right, and you've done, like, a lot of workshops mm -hmm. and readings and yeah. things to get it to yeah. that point. I don't know how it works in New York yeah. or in UK, in, but, yeah. but also these people probably wouldn't have followed the same rules because they were told right up front, the West End is not going to have this show. So they went their own way, okay. which is actually kind of a cool, that's kind of a cool story. It's really too. neat because I'm like, yeah. they're self-starters. Yeah. They wanted to write a show. They got it to the West End. Mm -hmm. it, the audience, like the, the seats were packed. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think it's actually a wonderful story. You've got to admire them. Yeah. You have to because they they had a dream and they did it. Yeah, they made it happen. They made it happen. Yeah. Like, I mean, who... I wouldn't be able to go to, um, I can't remember, Scott Rudin, let's just say him because right. he's on the tip of my brain right now, right. and say, Scott, I've written this musical, what do you think? And have him say, no, this right. is awful, and you'll never make it to Broadway. And then me still going a, a roundabout way right. to get it on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's incredible. The system that we've got is not work. It does not work that way. You, you either have to have the money or you have to have the good right. show. Right. And, you know... Otherwise, hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They, I mean, they did get the, they ended up getting the money from yeah. the, the audience. Yeah, they did. From That's pretty incredible. It is really neat. It's actually a really cool, it's like, it's funny because it's a cool sort of uplifting story. It's <laughs> right. just sort of sad how it it's ended. A, yeah. But like, if you really look at, if you really look at, if you really look at it, it's, it's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, so fine. It didn't end the way that you necessarily wanted, but you still were able to just like proceed as you had wanted, even though everybody was like, no, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. No, you can't do it. And you were like, whatever, I'm still going <laughs> to do it and got it done. Yeah. I think that's really neat. Absolutely. Um, now, I, I couldn't find any actual critics reviews, but yeah. I did find a review that was written by Sean Tu okay. on BroadwayWorld.com. This mm -hmm. is the musical forum that I had mentioned before. And he says, or she, I don't know, I was there on opening night. Ooh. I remember Sheridan Morley the next day on television giving his review, saying it was like watching a plate of liver. Actually, it was wonderfully, spectacularly awful. <laughs> I still tell stories about it. 
At one point, the woman sitting next to me, beautiful dress and a string of pearls, was crammed on the floor and so breathless with laughter that she started saying, I'm going to pee. I'm going to pee. (laughs) (laughs) It's so great. In the earlier previews, there was the most naive and stunning exchange between the policeman and Bernadette as he tromped around the grotto. Policeman says, where is this lady? I don't see her. And Bernadette responds, please, monsieur, you're standing on the Holy Mother's bush. I've never heard a shriek of laughter uh, like that from any audience ever, ever, all in caps. Oh, no. oh my. I know. I thought that was really interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, and that's from first person point of view. He was there on opening yeah. night or she was there on opening night. Basically, although this wasn't a Broadway flop, it had such an interesting story yeah. behind it. So I wanted to, I was loath not to include it in yeah. the TGA canon. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I also did. because it's, co- it's a workshop with Frank, right? Is that what it is? Oh, Frank Wildhorn. So. I mean, it's not a full-fledged production. Right. Oh, so this is the song of Bernadette that you're talking yeah. about that Frank Wildhorn just wrote, I think, in March of this year. Mm-hmm. It's set to be performed, although I don't know in what capacity. So it, must, it happened already. Maybe. Right, because you said March of this year. Yeah, that's true. Oh, well, that was, yeah, that must be. I didn't open the story because okay. I knew that it wasn't the Bernadette I was right. looking for. So it must have. But mm-hmm. it had Alice Ripley and Derek Klenna. Mm-hmm. Um Mallory something. I can't remember her name right now, but she was the one that played Bernadette. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it went. I guess I should have clicked on that link too, but it's, I mean, it was so confusing finding the one that I was, and who knows if I even, you know, mixed up some of them here and there. It is worth, I think, to get a little bit of an idea of what Mm -hmm. it sounds like to go onto YouTube. Just do a Google search. Bernadette the Musical. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I put Bernadette the Musical 1990. Okay. And that's when all of the YouTube clips came up. Um, and just listen to them. You don't have to listen to the whole thing either. Just like maybe 30 seconds worth to get the idea of what the songs are about. How many songs did you say were on there? Like two? two that, yes. Well, there's two and then there's like a kind of a trailer. And that's awful. A trailer of the well, musical? It's, it's kind of, it's not like a trailer as much as it is like, this is the people's musical. It hasn't opened yet, but this is what you've got Ooh, to expect. Ooh, I've got to and watch it's all it. the, like, the schoolgirls in the class. And it's, t- I mean, it's just not, it's just not written very well. Yeah. You know, and you'll, you'll pick that up. Even, even someone who's not experienced in writing or musical mm-hmm. theater or whatever, you'll, you'll listen to it and be like, huh. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's odd. Yeah. Um, you know, what they emphasize, what words they emphasize. Mm-hmm. It's just odd. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's interesting. I know. Bernadette. Bernadette, 1990. I, I'm really, I, I'm really fascinated, like, because this story, like you said, it doesn't seem that captivating but Mm -hmm. for there to be four iterations of this story is like what about it is captivating people that they just they they have to spend years (laughs) of their lives writing scripts and and musicals about it thousands of dollars yes yeah millions millions of dollars i'm i'm i don't i i don't understand I, i guess if you if you consider that it might be a, a good foundation of a story mm-hmm. to then extrapolate on. 
So that so that basically you built like that's the foundation, right. and then you just like build and create right. something off of that. So you know, yeah, the foundation is this young peasant girl. Uh, you know, she's the firstborn daughter of a miller mm-hmm. who's never gonna, you know, she's never gonna inherit anything. So she's got to find a man who then she sees this vision. Well, everyone's gonna think you're crazy. Mm-hmm. So, and this is just a story off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Who knows that the, if this is anything, you know? Well, now she's crazy, but the man that loves her, uh, you know, will see past the, you know, the man. Right. 16, I mean, she's 16 years old right. at this point. You know, the boy who loves her will see past it and maybe you know when the townspeople decide they're going to come after her because she's crazy they're going to send her to the asylum he protects her and stands up against the town and then you know what i mean like yeah i suppose you could get there right but there are more fascinating foundations completely Completely. Well, even the movie. I when I watched the movie as a teenager, because I watched everything on AMC when they I still loved, when they still played. Classic I know movies. they don't. It's like it's only <laughs> TCM now yeah. that you can get. But you know, when I would watch those movies, I I remember watching the whole thing and sitting on the couch going boring, yeah. and still watching it. But just like, <laughs> you know, and her story was, you know, she walked through the water next to the next to the cave, and the water was warm like bath water. That's what I remember. It's bath water warm, and because the girl that she was walking with said, "Bernadette, get out of there! You'll die of of, of a cold. It's too cold to be in the water." And she goes, "What are you talking about? It's warm." Warm, like bath water you know how they used to talk in those old <laughs> <Yes>. movies <laughs> you know and that's what i recall from the whole thing not that's anything so else not anything of the rest of the story because who cares about that <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was yeah it's it's interesting it's so funny yeah i really would love to to talk to someone um and just find out like what is it about this particular story yeah. that just really grabs them yeah. so hard that they're like, I have to spend years of my life writing about, like, I'm just very fascinated. I mean, she's a saint. And right, that, but, that is, you know, it's, she went from absolutely nothing, a 16 year old girl. Yeah, and now she's becoming a saint. A saint. Maybe Church. that's I mean, it. That is really very a cool thing. Right. But there are other saints that right. probably have, much more absolutely have much more saint joan of arc you know she's one of them who just have much more exciting mother Teresa. yes so it you know listen i wasn't there they didn't ask me i was (laughs) nine well if there's anybody on facebook who's like friends with frank wildhorn (laughs) or is like involved in in uh what is it called song song of bernadette Bernadette. Mm -hmm. um Please tell us, yeah. like, what what motivated you? Yeah, what motivated to to that s- particular yeah. saint? I'm just really, I'm just fascinated yeah. by that. No, it is, and I don't want to make fun of you. No, I, I really am, am just fascinated yeah. by that because, like, well, I mean, I write, right? Yeah. So it is interesting to me to find out, like, what about a story grabs people and has, you know, makes them want to spend a lot of time. Yeah. Because it's it's it's. Have you ever written anything based on a real life circumstance? And what inspired you? Answer me now. <laughs> I know. I'm like, not yet. I have okay. like a list of a couple of ideas of mm-hmm. things. Um, and one of them is, is, it's a little bit better known now, but when I first started getting into the story, it really wasn't. Hmm. Um, and that's the story of Mildred and Richard Loving. Okay. 
And so when I started learning about them, it was not something that anybody ever learns about in, in school. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, you know, it's still like some parts of it are still a mystery. Like people don't know who called the cops on them after they got married because they were not the only couple in that town who right. were in an interracial marriage. Right. But for some reason, they were singled out. And they were also, like, the quietest, most demure be people yeah. ever. And so... So there was something that happened. Yeah. Some slight that someone perceived from one yes. or the other. And that, and that like, set the whole thing off. Yeah. And from that, they were able to literally change the world there is a cool <laughs> doctor who of the newest season uh -huh. um uh, episode where they go back to the day before rosa park sits on the bus seat uh -huh. and uh, the companions of the doctor currently are a pakistani woman and an african-american well he's british mm -hmm. so he but he's black a yeah. black british man mm -hmm. and then an older like a 50 like in his 50s or 60s older yeah. white man yeah and i remember when they landed in the tardis and they went into the world and they still don't really know when they are okay they just can kind of pick up context clues a white woman dropped her glove on the ground and the black British man that travels and I can't remember their names right now but travels with Doctor Who me. goes picks it up and says excuse me miss and before he has a chance to do anything else the husband of that woman slaps him across the face and says if you ever touch anything of my wife's you'll be getting worse and he walks off and I just remember being so yeah. startled by that but that kind of slight right you know something as innocuous right helping someone pick up their lost belonging mm -hmm. is is the thing that would cause a lynching back right then. absolutely that's why i i struggle with like pe people feeling like the 1940s were the greatest generation mm. and i was like maybe for, maybe for you but like for <laughs> it, but like only for white men right because as soon as they we're came only back just now getting out of that oh my goodness and like barely. Right. Well, we're just kind of trading one diverse group for another. It's like we can't just be completely inclusive. I know. It has to be women now, black men then. You're just like, oh my God, people. Just cut it out. I know. It's so frustrating. Yeah. I've got something that I want to talk about, but that's okay. not going to be this episode. It's okay. going to be in the intermission episode. Okay, great. But don't let me forget. I won't. <laughs> But anyway, so that's Bernadette. That's really fascinating. Yeah. Let, I'm I'm going to say, like, let this episode be an encouragement to you yeah. that, like, if, if you want to write something, if you want to create or make something, just do it. Yeah. You can, you can find people who will believe in the thing that you want to make and you just go forward and you just make it. Yeah. And don't let anybody tell you that. Like Completely. you can't. Well, and there's nothing saying that even if it flops, yeah. you can't go on to do something else. Right. Frank Wildhorn. I know. There's a lot. I mean, there, guys, if you've been listening to this <laughs> podcast, baseline, you should know at this point, yes. if you have failed, it doesn't mean it doesn't you're mean, a failure. Yes. It just means you learned something and now you're going to take that knowledge and move forward. And please do move forward yeah. because if you feel like you've got something to say, there is at least one person that wants to hear it. That's right. And I'm one of those people. That's right. Same. Because a good story is a good story is a, a good, good story. story. And I want to hear them all. That's right. In fact, give me a call. I'll help record your demo. <laughs>
That's true. Because I love learning new music, too. <laughs> and I'll also be completely honest with how I feel about how it's written, and then we can go from there. But it's always constructive. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Thanks friends. For listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.